Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. Good afternoon, good evening, you happen to be listening to us. Yes, we're back. It's the second episode of the Broadhurst Watkins Sports Report. Sports in black and white. BWSR yes. for short. Naturally. I mean, well, you got to have people know what the acronym stands for. It's a young show after all. Relatively. My name, of course, is Eric Watkins. We're glad to be back. There's... The DSDO of, well, most of these podcasts on this network, as it happens to be. But no way that I could do this by myself. Beside me, as always, the eagle, the host, the occasional voice of reason, Harry Broadhurst. Um, I have a bitch already. Uh-oh. What, 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 what now? So we're doing this on Thursdays, right? Mm-hmm. You realize what next Thursday is, yes? Yes. I'm gonna I'm going to be out during the day. So by the time we come home, I'll at least have some modicum of sobriety. That's not what I meant. I could care less about St. Patrick's Day. No offense to our Irish listeners. Just not a drinker. Doesn't affect me. Fair. Not big on corned beef either. Uh, good I, Rubens are hard to find. I do appreciate sauerkraut, but that's more my German side in me. Um, no, I, I meant more specifically what kicks off officially next Thursday at noon. Oh. And, there's this, and I have this whole tradition of noon to midnight of watching day one of the tournament. Okay, so a midnight start next week. Gotcha. I mean, I'm not saying we're starting on time next week. I'm just saying we're starting when that last tip-off ends. Look, I'm not mad. I got a few things going on because, of course, not only do you have day one of the tournament, there's day one of another tournament that happens to be gone that's special to me. Oh. Battle bots. Oh. They revealed the bracket, and for the first time ever, there are play-in games to get into the field of 32 to see which team with which bot will take home the giant nut. I mean, if there is one thing that I have learned from doing podcasts with you, Eric, it's the fact that you are all about a giant nut. It do be facts, though. It do be facts. All right, so here's our rundown for this week's episode of BWSR. Um, we start with the baseball strike and boy, howdy, do we have an update on that for you guys? Woo-hoo! We transition over from there to the March madness. As we kind of tease there, the tournament starts next week. Several tickets have been punched. And speaking of punches, segue. We talk soccer riots and what to do about them. And even a bit of soccer riotousness in college basketball as well. Oh, boy. It's a doozy on those fronts. NFL free agency has begun and kicked off in Ernst. Aaron Rodgers is now a $200 million man. More on that a little bit later. Brittany Griner is a moron. 
Um, asterisk. Okay, Brittany Griner doing what she did, where she did it, makes her a moron. With a little bit of an asterisk. We'll explain when that time comes. And our sport of the week this week is slam ball. Oh, Sean Inches, Jackson. You are a magnificent man, good sir. All five foot three of you. Oh, well, I mean, he wasn't that short. Granted, he didn't look 5'7", but we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, 5'7", my ass. That's a wrestler height billing right there, sir. And obviously, we wrap things up the same way. We're always going to wrap things up here on the BWSR. It's your dick of the week. All right, give me one second to mute my notifications, and then you may take over, Mr. Watkins, because as we've discussed... Alternating host weeks means the floor is yours this week. Well, well, well. It's been a very long, very cold, very contentious 99 days. However, by some sort of reason, some sort of miracle, the Major League Baseball lockout is over. Asterisk. Well... Yes, there's still one side that has to ratify the CBA. Eyes to be dotted, T's to be crossed, but more or less, we're good to go. Exactly. The main issue du jour was the international draft. That's going to be tabled to July. You kind of met in the middle for the most part on things like the competitive balance tax, playoff format, a few other main items. As we talked about off-air, shift happens or more like it won't be happening anymore it doesn't happen because apparently major league baseball players are giant crybabies and can't understand how to hit against the shift so therefore it has been banned okay so here's the problem here all right and allow me allow me a proverbial soapbox if you will if i can put you full screen if you so desire yes i get that this is an offensive based sport I understand that. And I understand that the players are paid based on their offensive performances. Offense sells tickets. Eric, what is it we always say? Defense, defense, what? Wins, defense wins championships. So you're taking away the defense's ability to play against these players that you know hit the ball certain directions. And that's okay. What sense does that make? Go ahead and go come back in here, Eric, because I have a I have a genuine question for you. Not no 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 Chiron necessary or anything, but I have an okay. actual I have an actual question for you here. Hit me. Isn't this like Moneyball in reverse? Where in, instead of instead of using the game's competitive advantages to your credit, you're instead taking the competitive advantages away from teams that know how to use them. In some ways, yes. However. That's not the only rule change that it's going to be used. And I'm going to go ahead and counterbalance with that. Are you familiar with the pitch clock? I am. I heard 15 and 19 seconds now. Exactly. 15 seconds when bases are empty. 19 seconds when you have runners on. Not quite the 14 and 17 that were tested in the minor leagues, but close enough. I honestly think that because pitchers have to react quicker 
go through with their catchers to find a pitch selection more efficiently, you're going to have different weapons and different levels of defensive strategy to counteract the loss of the shift. Will it be necessarily equal? No, of course not. But not only along with the pace of the game, it's going to be thinking, all right, best pitch, more into scouting reports, figure out how to get these hitters out. It's going to be more intense in that regard. Two points to that. Okay. One, the length of game conversation is bullcrap because a traditional Major League Baseball game goes no longer than a traditional NFL game, despite its untimed nature. So people that are complaining about the pace of, a pace of play in Major League Baseball are more so complaining about the fact that there's a lot of standing around in baseball in between pitches and in between plays. But guess what, guys? Same thing in football. If you calculate it in terms of actual ball and play time, Major League Baseball and the NFL are roughly the exact same for the course of their runtime durations. Well, you have had similar complaints in that regard about the length of NFL games, especially with commercials and how they could make reviews more efficient. So, Sky Judge. <coughs> Well, so, yeah, 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 okay, there sounded like you threw out an excellent solution. Want to be sure to make everybody catch that. Mm. Sorry about that. That trick cough acts up on occasion. Um, <laughs> the other issue that I have is this universal DH bullshit. Hate it. Can't stand it. Don't think it should be a thing. Again, with me, one way or the other. I am all for having a, no pun intended, universal set of rules. This isn't like even the 80s or early 90s where the American League and National League were separate bodies. You had two league presidents and the like with the commissioner reigning over both of them. Ever since they were unified under C-League, something had to give. Speaking it of went this way, okay. <laughs> Speaking of things that need to give, can we get rid of Rob Manfred? Look, I mean, as much as I was trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt when he first came in the league, he got to go. Ah, he just got to go. You know, it's a scary state of affairs when David Silver is the most competent of the four commissioners in major sports. You mean Adam Silver? Whatever. <laughs> I don't really watch a whole lot of NBA. and he, he, I mean, Gary Bettman is ridiculously out of touch with the fans. That's why hockey is starting to lose its momentum. Roger Goodell is a basket case, and we've chronicled this on many instances. We have. Rob Manfred almost cost baseball to miss games for the first time since, uh, non-pandemically, miss games for the first time since 1995. Um, Almost missed school. Technically, Repo because they did say reports they are the 162-game season. Reports are we just start a week late and play all 162. I have a sinking feeling at some point that's going to be addressed one way or another in the future. Am well, I one of the few people that really wouldn't have been entirely mad if the season were shortened but started in May? I mean, you could probably go back to 144, but I think that's owners losing revenue, and that's their big concern about that. Mm, you ain't lying. I mean, technically speaking, if you look at the, the meat and potatoes of these negotiations, the owners more or less got what they wanted out of this. 
Uh, for the most part, I mean, yes, you could say they continued their winning streak after the players had their winning streak, but I'm glad that the players, for the most part, got a little bit more, even though they could have done even better. They were entrenched and unified, and at least came into some good faith about compromising, rather than the owners and Manfred saying, now nah, we're prepared to take L's. Whatever. As far as the the last thing to touch on with this thing here is the the reports of the basement lux, the basement salary cap, and then the extended penalties on teams above the salary cap in Major League Baseball. You know what? The best way to punish teams that don't spend the minimum don't give them any of the extra salary cap punishments. Pittsburgh only wants to spend sixty million dollars on their team a season. Let them. But here's the thing. When you tax Boston for spending two hundred and twenty million off of its off of a salary cap that's like one hundred and eighty seven, Pittsburgh gets none of that extra revenue. If you can't meet, if you can't reach a base salary for your entire franchise, a you don't deserve to own a franchise in the first place, and b you shouldn't be given a competitive advantage because of it. I mean, honestly, I would be in huge favor of that idea. And saying this as the new Moneyball Kings fan as a Tampa Bay Ray, I mean, we've let some players go because we're cheap. Granted, hardly anybody shows up games, but that's why we need to move to Montreal. Wait a minute. Did I say that out loud? Uh, speaking of people you let go cheap, Charlie Morton thanks you for his World Series ring. He couldn't win one with us. We're glad he could win one with you. I am just happy to see that my Atlanta Braves will get to defend their 2021 World Series championship. Not to mention the fact that we'll have a shot at back-to-back 100-win seasons. If we could do something in October about it. Just know that this podcast is going to take a very severe turn if we come on the air next week and Freddie Freeman is not an Atlanta Brave. Depending on where he goes? Uh, no. I, who am I kidding? Like, we could afford him. Uh, the belief is that he, if he doesn't come back to Atlanta, he's probably heading to New York. AL or NL. Yeah, you'll look great in Mets colors, Freddie. Orange no, and blue. It, oh, it, it, it definitely suits you if that's the way that you want to go. Death I'm sorry. <laughs> glare. I'm sorry, man. If he's leaving you guys, we, we, we no, we we can't deal with him in our division. No, no thanks. Uh-uh. Or as has become as has become the trend on Twitter, hashtag resign MV free. All right, Mr. Watkins. I do believe that wraps us up on our coverage of the baseball strike. We will give Maybe some full-on baseball previews, predictions, and analysis closer towards the start of the regular season. Maybe dedicate an episode to laying out our predictions for the 2022 calendar year. We can do that towards the end of the month. I mean, they said, I believe, opening day would be April 7th-ish? Yes, April 7th, which I do believe would be a Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so that gives us a little time. We can plan something out. But it obviously can't be right away because we're at the beginning of March. Soon we'll be in the middle of March. 
And you know what that means. Yes, I can hear the music playing in everybody's heads. We're recording this just a few days away from Selection Sunday. You've got some conference tournaments in the books. You have some getting underway. Some of us are disappointed in our teams. Some of us nearly had heart attacks. It's definitely that time of year. We're all getting into the madness. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but you could see me dancing. (laughs) One of my teams is definitely dancing. And possibly on the one line at that. My other team, if you believe Joe Lenardi, is officially out as of today. As my Gators come back from 14 down with less than four minutes to go, only to lose on a three-pointer with four-tenths of a second left in overtime. Ouch. Yeah, that one stung. Well, I, hope uh, Au- I hope Auburn fucks Texas A&M up. Well, I'm going to be honest. I was thinking, sure, we could go ahead and swallow a fairy tale ending up in Brooklyn. Go ahead, make Duke sweat a little bit to see what seed we'll get. But after the way we played against Boston College, that should not have gone to overtime and it should not have been that close. I don't know if it was a little bit of rust, if it was playing down to the competition, Early tournament jitters, even though we got the double buy, I'm a little bit worried. I mean, in, impressive finish all the same, though, with the with the tip drill off of the uh, off of the outlet pass. Well, or well, excuse me, more so the breakaway off of the outlet pass, not so much tip drill. The lay in right is right before the buzzer. Well, I mean, with Coach L, we're really in sync in those pressure situations. And the fact that not only we have health, we have a lot of speed to make plays like that happen. The problem is we should not have been in that pressure situation to begin with. And the other good news for you is Duke didn't look that good today either. Taking on an undermanned Syracuse team that was without their starting, their best scorer, Buddy Beheim. <laughs> correct me if I'm correct me if I'm wrong. The ACC's leading scorer in the regular season this year, Buddy Beheim, I believe I saw. Yeah, because if not, he's been all day way up there, very well, close to it. Maybe don't, shooter. Maybe don't punch people, you dumbass. Well, I mean, he's not the only one to go ahead and punch people. We'll get to that in a few seconds. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. All right, let me uh, let me pull up the ESPN list here, and we can talk about some tickets that are already punched, Mister Watkins. Shall we? Yes, let's. <laughs> All right, Murray State returns to the tournament, their first time since 2019. If I'm not mistaken, this is a team that has knocked Duke out in the past. They have. Plus, this was the school that helped put John Morant on the map during that 2019 run. 71-67 over mid. Over Moorhead State, they won the Ohio Valley. We have a first-time dancer. The Longwood, the Longwood Lancers win the Big South, taking out Winthrop 79-58 to in the final. A interesting connection here. Winthrop, another team that has beaten Duke in the NCAA tournament. Look, when you're in the Big South, you need to have Longwood. You can't go wrong. Jesus. <laughs> Monkey. 
I don't even have the monkey um, for us yet. Of course you don't. <laughs> um, Sister Jean dances again. The Loyola Chicago Ramblers, in what I believe is their last year in the Missouri Valley, win the conference, taking out Drake 64-58 in the conference championship game. Please do not let us be matched up against them in the first round again. Sister Jean, I love you, but I can't go through that again. If I, I am, can't. If I am not mistaken, they are moving to the American next year? I'll have to look that up because I know there's going to be some big changes in the Missouri Valley overall. Oh, yeah. That conference is undergoing a ton of changes for sure. I, I know that a lot of the uh, football-only schools are staying the same, such as mm -hmm. Youngstown State, which is how I know that. But there is quite a bit of turn turnover coming within the basketball side of the conference. All right. Moving forward, Georgia State is back in the tournament for the first time since 2019, taking out Ulala. Louisiana, formerly Louisiana Lafayette, 80 to 71 to win the Sun Belt. That's another conference that's going to undergo a lot of changes next season. Oh, will it ever? <laughs> uh, Georgia State, of course, most memorable for their coach falling off of his wheelchair when his son buried a three pointer to win a game. Still one of my favorite March Madness moments. There are ways to celebrate, and then there are some times when the celebration writes itself. If I'm not mistaken, it was the Hunts. Ron was the coach. RJ was the shooter. Mm -hmm. I, will, I will have to second. I will have to check that, but I think that's the way that goes. The Chattanooga Moccasins are now just the Mocs because apparently Moccasin is racist. Oh, mm, yeah, yeah. You, oh, can of worms for another time. Believe me, it's a conversation we could have. Oh, yeah. Over the Furman Paladins in overtime to win the Southern Conference, 64-63. Twelfth appearance for Chattanooga, first since 2016. Mm, mm, mm. Paladins are always one of my favorite teams. Someone in basketball as well as the football side of things. So, let's have a fun little conversation here, Eric. You ready? Ready. Who won the Atlantic Sun Tournament? Do, do I? Do I? Do I? Was it Jacksonville State? No, Jacksonville State won the regular season crown. Bellarmine won the conference tournament. Huh. But Bellarmine is in the second year of a four-year transition to Division One. So guess what they are? Ineligible. Ineligible for the NCAA tournament. Therefore, Jacksonville State, the regular season champion, gets the Atlantic Sun bid. Now, I'm confused. Normally, when you're in that transition period and you're ineligible... You're not eligible for your conference tournament either. Exactly. So how did that happen? I am unsure I just saw that as well, and I'm like, wait a minute. Shouldn't they have not played in the Atlantic Sun Tournament either? Because why risk a situation such as this happening? Regardless, Jacksonville State goes based off of Bellarmine beating Jacksonville. Aw, womp womp. Yeah. In the, in the Atlantic Sun Championship game. 
Look, I saw the Jacksonville versus Jacksonville State matchup, and as an Osprey who went through another painful season with a basketball team, it was another one of those. I hope they both lose. All right, I'm going to start going a little bit quicker here because there's more teams clinched than I realized. Uh, my local conference, the Horizon, where my Youngstown State Penguins are, the local team for me, was won by Wright State based out of Dayton as they took out Northern Kentucky, the Norse to advance to their fourth tournament first since 2018. The Colonial was won by Delaware, taking out UNC Dub in the final 59-55 to advance to their sixth tournament. The South Dakota State Jackrabbits won the Summit, defeating the North Dakota State Bison, who are apparently not good at just football. South Dakota State gets their sixth NCAA bid. The Patriot League goes to Colgate, beating Navy in the final, 74-58. It is uh, Colgate's fifth NCAA tournament. I saved the best two for last. One for a positive reason, one for a negative. All righty. The positive reason takes us to the West Coast Conference. And by nature of an 82-69 to victory over St. Mary's, who will be, who will be dancing as an at-large team themselves, Gonzaga clinches the number one overall seed, in my opinion. Yeah, you go ahead. You were the number one team. You win your conference tournament with ease. Now let's see if you can finally go ahead and finish the job. Two NCAA runner-ups are the best the Zags have ever done in madness, one of which was a fraction of an inch away from beating Duke on a half-court buzzer beater. Last year, they got kind of trucked by Baylor in the finals. The other one is the Northeast Conference. As Bryant will represent the Northeast Conference off of an 80-51 to 51 victory over Wagner. Yeah, it was a blowout. Oh, geez. Things make more sense now. Um, yeah. Herein lies the problem. No, I take that back. I take that back. 70 to 43. I thought I had seen 80 to 51 before, but 70 to 43. Not much better. Two point different margin. Eh. Um, the conference championship game between the Bryant Bulldogs and the Wagner Seahawks was delayed for 36 minutes after a fight broke out in the stands. And one of the Wagner players left the bench and got involved. Oh, dear Lord, he pulled a Ron Artest. And yes, at the time, he was known as Ron Artest before anybody says anything. I was about to say there was no world peace back in those days. <laughs> Let me see if I can't pull up the ESPN recap here because there is quite a bit to touch on. And then it'll segue quite nicely into our next story. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make sure I send you this. Why does it keep going back to the box score? I think it's because I'm on StreamYard and it causes my ESPN to run slow. Give me a, give me a few seconds. Here we go. Bryant beats Wagner for first, for first Northeast Conference title fight stops game. Boy, at, at, at least they were able to finish that game, though. 
Peter Kiss had 34 points in a season-high five steals as top-seeded Bryant cruised to a 70-43 to win over Wagner on Tuesday night for the first Northeast Conference Tournament Championship in program history. The game was marred by a fight in the stands amongst fans. With 4.37 to play and the Bulldogs leading 68-32, to so they were outscored 11-2 to down the stretch, which explains the 27-point margin of difference. I knew the lead was like 30 when the fight happened. Mm-hmm. Play stopped for nearly 30 minutes. A small section of seats mostly occupied by Wagner fans set next to Bryant's student section, and the contentious atmosphere led to a scuffle. None of the players or coaches made it into the stands, though Wagner's Will Martinez attempted to and was ejected from the game, and several players had to be restrained. Bryant, the ejection right, surely. Bryant set the Division I program record for wins this season and clinched its first tournament berth since become, beginning the transition from Division II in 2008. I will make sure that I send you the link to that ESPN article in order to include it in the show description. Perfect. Something about fights and stands marring games. Yeah. Oh, wow. Why don't we take a trip? Why don't we, more than once. <laughs> why don't we take a trip south of the border and talk about this some more, shall we? Of course, because there were some major updates as far as punishments with this one. Now, the good news, you only had one player attempted to get involved and very minimal damage. Such was not the case in Queretaro about a week ago. Now, Liga MX. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, week nine, and oddly enough, this tournament, which they nicknamed "Scream for Peace." <laughs> yeah, Awkward. the irony was not lost. So, you have huge rivalries when it comes to Mexican soccer: the Mexican national team versus the U.S. The Mexican national team versus Argentina. You, you know what I say to that, Eric? I say, dos a zero, motherfuckers. No. Oh, we have a trip to the Azteca coming up. I wonder how that's going to be affected by this. And even for dun, Liga... Dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. Even for Liga MX itself, you have your Super Clasico. Chivas de Guadalajara against Club America from Mexico City. But you have a much longer... Bueno a much longer understated rivalry, decades in the making. Atlas, also from Mexico City, or from Guadalajara, just won their first league title in over half a century. Their best run that they've had in decades. It had been about 20 years since they got to the semifinals. Do they have a promotion relegation system down in Mexico? They used to. But it's officially on hold. I think this is the first year out of five where it's been paused. Gotcha. Continue. So you have Atlas against Queretaro, a team very stable, very well-known, established top-flight club, but they've done no better than sixth. 
these two sides met in round nine of this year's Klausura, the closing tournament. Everything started mostly ho-hum. Klausura, would this be like their version of like a Champions League? No. How they do it is they run two separate tournaments. One for the first half of the year, one for the second half of the year. So like a like a Carabao FA Cup situation. Or, or yeah. Think about it as running the league twice, if mm. that makes sense. It does. So for this like a tournament, this was halfway through week nine. Everything started mostly whole hum. A wonderful goal by Atlas early on in the game. Got the crowd a little bit annoyed, but you didn't see any major signs, even going into halftime with Atlas holding a 1-0 lead. In the 60th minute, that changed. Now, this was shown live on TV. If you happen to be watching Univision that Saturday or De Ureene, the sports network for Univision, you happen to see some images of people in the stands running around the 60th minute. Nobody really noticed on the pitch itself, but the large pans out into the crowd, there were more running. And by the 63rd minute, entire sections of the stadium were pretty much empty. Then you had people pouring onto the pitch. If you were like me and watching the highlights, you were wondering what was really going on as you saw things develop. By the 63rd minute, you had your fans on the pitch. By the 65th minute, the pitch was crowded and the game was already stopped. By the 70th minute, players were being hurried off the pitch and by the 75th minute, you saw people running, you saw an ambulance on the field, and you saw people running around with folded chairs. No, I'm not making this up. I wish I was. So what you're telling me is they went to a soccer game and a wrestling match broke out. And then some, yes. Not only were there big fights among... They called them the Bagas Bravas. Think of them as your more hardcore ultras for each club. So like the, like the supporters groups. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not only were there fights in the stands... Those fights in the stands spilled out to fights on the pitch. Those fights on the pitch spilled into fights outside of the stadium. Now, in what some would say classic Mexican official fashion, there were no reports of deaths, only 26 injuries, some hospitalized critically. However, independent outlets and other outlets worldwide following along with footage released from families and those on the ground themselves reported of at least 17 people dead, with other reports saying twice that number. Okay, I'm I'm glad you got to that part of the story before I did what would have been considered something insensitive at that moment. It in I I was loading my YouTube music and was about to play Riot by Three Days Grace. Yeah, when I say it was bad, I mean, and this is going to be a little bit touchy, but I saw it with my own eyes. Three or four people 
beating up someone in the street and they're lying completely naked and bloody. And there was more than one. And for those who saw more of the really touching images, a family running with a kid, I'd say no older than about seven or eight, shirtless off of the pitch because he could not afford to wear his Atlas shirt because Carretero fans were targeting those in Atlas gear. And you'd say vice versa. Okay. Let me get something. Let me make something perfectly clear here. Mm hmm. There is being a fan. Yep. There is being a supporter. Mm hmm. And then there is being a hooligan. Mm hmm. This clearly crosses that threshold. I have a very simplistic way of looking at life. Mr. Watkins is incredibly familiar with it. We've had this conversation many times. Mm hmm. Don't be a dick. If you're going after children at a soccer match, you really need to examine your life choices. And it's really not a good look for either the teams or the game itself when you have people running onto the pitch, one of them shirtless, and a live interview about what the fuck was going on. That happened on Tuta in it. So... I actually saw some of the consequences of what happened off of this. Mm-hmm. How is how is the home team's name pronounced again? Because I'm going to screw that up if you don't tell me. Querétaro. Querétaro has to play the rest of the season with no fans in attendance. Oh, more than that. I was getting to it. Okay. There were sanctions levied against the club. They will play with no fans in attendance for the rest of the season. And their minor teams, their juniors, and I think their women's team play with no fans as well. Yes. Now, I'm going to look into the specifics of this, but your their junior team, no fans the rest of the season. The women's team, no fans with the rest of the season. For Querétaro themselves, the senior team, no home fans for a year. Straight calendar year. Oh, that's just part of it. Good. Because even after the initial goings on, the president of the league, Mikel Ariola, suspended the rest of the matches for that round. Round 10 matches scheduled to go on as normal. But, and this is just a list of some of the consequences. Well, the whole list. All right, so I'm imagining you're reading this off of an actual document. Therefore, we will link said document inside of the show description for everybody to check out for themselves as well. Well, not an actual document because I didn't get the link, but I'm going to be reading more of the Cliff's Notes because there's a very long bullet list. All right, you do that. Take the full screen for a second. Nature calls. All right. So first off, as it were mentioned, no home fans for a year. The Barras Bravas are suspended and will not be at any home matches for three years. They will not be allowed at any away matches for a year. The Barras Bravas of Atlas, no away matches for six months. Now for Querétaro themselves, their ownership group, 
completely banned from league-related activities for five years. The club will be subsequently returned to their previous owners, Grupo Caliente. And because they own another club, Tijuana, they will have to sell Querétaro by the end of the year. The uh, previous ownership group, they're also fined just over $70,000 U.S. On top of that, there's going to be several different measures. Instead of private security, like was at the Querétaro Atlas match, all security will be provided publicly, state, local, federal. Anybody who was identified as being a direct part of the incident, essentially a lifetime nationwide football banning order. No access, no stadium anywhere in the country. Well, yeah, it's hooliganism. Oh, and I'm not even done yet. Like, I, I heard most of what you said. I, like I said, I had to step away due to having to use the restroom there. I heard most of what you said there. The mm-hmm. home the home fans being – the supporters group being suspended from home games for three years and away games for a year. Here's my here's my concern. You only give them a, a year at away games, you're going to get a bunch of riled-up drunken jackasses going to all of this, this club's away games and probably starting shit on other soccer against other soccer fans. Well, that's also going to be prevented because not only are you going to have more public security at all matches, beginning next year for the 2022-23 season, you will have to officially register and identify as members of supporter groups, including having a fan ID, and there will be facial recognition technology at games. So another... So, in other words, to pick out any sour apples inside of the bunch. Exactly. Plus, it's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. And in supporters group sections, there will no longer be any minors. Well, I mean, I I think that's unfair in a sense, especially like, especially if you have kids like 15, 16, 17 that just want to go watch their favorite club, club play with their parents. Like I, I, I can understand how that would be a preventative measure, but I do see that being moderately unfair, especially to supporters groups that aren't acting like gigantic pricks. Well, and I do get it from that standpoint. My guess is they'll probably have with the other clubs like a family section that will I would still have... be with supporters clubs, but more friendly. Well, yeah, they have a... Uh... They have that in a lot of like baseball stadiums too, like these family sections where alcohol isn't served. Right. So I'm I would imagine something similar along those lines for like for like soccer stadiums in Mexico and uh, amongst other parts of the world as well. I'm sure it's not the worst idea to have kind of almost safe spaces within safe havens inside of those soccer stadiums for people of of a tender age at the very least. I.e., mm-hmm. like you mentioned, that seven slash eight year old kid that didn't even have his jersey on anymore. Exactly. Like what? What the fuck is wrong with people, man? I keep saying we're at the point to where people don't give a fuck. And finally, the least important of all of that, the official score it was awarded as a three nil victory to Atlas because the game was abandoned. So 
abandoned due to riotous fans at the home yeah. stadium. Abandoned due to riotous fans at the home stadium, therefore uh, the home team forfeits. Correct. Again, it's a simple concept, everybody. Don't be a dick. I mean, a if lot of this... If you're going to a game, have a good time. Enjoy it. Have a few drinks with your buddies if that's your thing. But don't act like an asshole in the stands and start throwing punches. Exactly. I've been to games in a variety of sports. Rugby, league, NFL, soccer, baseball. Do I have a few drinks? Occasionally. Do I have an interesting story about the time I drank myself sober? Yes, I do. Do I go around wanting to punch people? No. Not that hard. D-B-A-D. Don't be a dick. All right. Um, we move forward. And from one type of football to another. Football Americano. Hmm. Or... As some would say in different parts of the world, gridiron football. Or, as they would say on certain channels here in the U.S., the National Football League. It is March, and that means a new league year. Free agency will soon be upon us. The Super Bowl behind us. Teams talking, agents squawking. Pens being put to paper, and most importantly, trades happening. Now, or not, or not happening in certain organizational cases. Um, stupid! I had a perfectly good bet that would have cashed out. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, just, just, just why did you, did Aaron Rodgers really have to take the money and not run? You know what it is. He saw what a shit job Mayim Bialik is doing with Jeopardy. It's like, I don't want to have to follow her. He's going to wait until she crashes and burns. They find a replacement, probably Ken Jennings. And then once Ken Jennings' time is done, then Aaron Rodgers will take over on Jeopardy. Well, I mean, with the way that they keep doing stuff, Aaron Rodgers could still, could still do the primetime specials because it's a less intensive schedule. I'm just saying, folks. Sony Pictures Television, not to mention, I heard there might be some goings on at Wheel of Fortune. I'm just saying. Just saying. Are we trying to give Aaron Rodgers the Wheel of Fortune gig now? I don't know what you're talking about. I mean someone who is from California. Eric. Who knows a thing or two about game shows and will look good spinning a wheel. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just throwing out suggestions. Eric, that is the most pointless story ever. And that's a deep cut for our life as like a game show, friends. <laughs> I just popped Eric with that. Uh, but, yes. Uh, Let's go ahead and give the details here. Aaron Rodgers is still a Green Bay Packer. Four years, $200 million. And $153 million of it in signing bonuses and guarantees. Therefore, working against his hit towards the salary cap as well. Hopefully, they'll actually use that money to get him some weapons like he's been asking for for the last fucking decade. I mean, you have all of one Super Bowl with the guy and could have easily been two or three. He's been trying to tell you people 
especially with Devontae Adams right there and potentially trying to work to get him some more help. It's not that hard, Packers. Not that hard. The Packers keep their guy. The Broncos find one. Never would have really saw this coming. At least not this particular combination. How pissed off is Teddy Bridgewater right now? Well, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater himself is a free agent, and there's a few good landing spots. <laughs> I ain't going to be back in Denver. Well, I mean, considering is how Denver just got Russell Wilson. It, it's funny when you see a guy like Jerry Judy perfectly encapsulate a story <laughs> of the day in just two emojis. I saw that, folks. All he needed, and it's just perfect. The kind of sad, rolling, smirking one with Aaron Rodgers, and then the beaming, grinning one with Russell Wilson. That was it. Oh, beautiful in its simplicity. And probably the most intelligent thing a University of Alabama graduate has ever done. I mean... It's the school that gave us Forrest Gump. That's all I'm saying. Look, he was a hell of a returner. You just had to tell him to stop. That's all. Life is like a life is like a box of chocolates, and that's pretty much who that team schedules. Anyways. So in return, you think, oh, <laughs> what's Seattle gonna do? Well, for starters, unless they go ahead and find someone in free agency, be prepared for the quarterback battle of the ages. Drew Locke versus Geno Smith. Oh, did I mention they also released Bobby Wagner too? You're so, in a, <laughs> let's 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 do the math here. You ready? Mm-hmm. You're in a division with Arizona, San Francisco, and the defending Super Bowl champion LA Rams. You still got to face Matt Stafford, <laughs> even though Von Miller's a free agent. Kyler Murray is sticking around, even though the team hates him. Well, I Jimmy mean, G might be gone soon. To be, so. to be fair with Kyler Murray, the, the team hating him, to be fair, that feeling is mutual if you follow their social media presence. Yeah, I mean, you're not entirely wrong, so... The point being is that you were in a division with Arizona... San Francisco and the defending Super Bowl champions, and you just traded your Pro Bowl quarterback and your best defensive player. Arizona, or excuse me, not Arizona. You got talking about Kyler Murray, had me thinking Arizona. Seattle, congratulations. Welcome to the basement. Enjoy your stay. Ah, uh, yeah, Pete. How much gum you gonna chew before you finally decide to retire? Oh my god, it's gonna be like he's back coaching the Jets again. <laughs> ah, suck it, Isabel. I'll talk to, I don't know, man. Do you really want to get him mad before Sunday? Yes. Pre- preemptive strikes. Mm. <laughs> oh, good head- thing I still have plenty of supplies. He- headphone warning on the suck it is bell. Apologies <laughs> for that. All right. Um, let's let's go east, young man, shall we? Well, going east and also technically south. A little Carson- bit, yeah. Carson Wentz. One of the players of the team of my nightmares, kind of. But not really a man of my nightmares himself. But he's still leaving the division anyway. 
Goodbye, Colts. Hello, Commanders. Welcome back to the NFC East. I actually have a story about this. Go on. There is a tie-in here. There are reports out that the Buffalo Bills will not be keeping Mitch Trubisky as their backup for the 2022 NFL season. The reports are that a certain commander quarterback who is anticipating being released now that they have acquired Carson Wentz has reached out to Buffalo regarding a potential return to the franchise. Dare, dare I say the Fitz magic is back? I, I, Report, I, reports are after being spotted shirtless at a Buffalo Bills playoff game, no less. I don't know if you saw that story back when it happened or not. No, I did not. But am I surprised? He, not he at was, all. He was in the stands with the mafia, completely shirtless, celebrating the Bills' victory over who was it that we played in the first round? Uh, the Patriots? God. New England, yeah. The blowout against New England in the first round. Ryan Fitzpatrick might be a Buffalo Bill again. You know, I would love to see him win a ring with the Mafia. It, it would be very, very fitting. That dude is Mafia to the core. Like You're not wrong. You're not I wrong. I don't know if there is another quarterback in NFL history that has completely and entirely embodied gangster quite like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Although I just say, especially with that hip injury, don't go full mafia and going through tables. Do yes, not recommend. Or if you do go through tables, make sure they are of the pre-cut wrestling variety. <laughs> Work smarter, not harder. <laughs> so an addendum to that Washington story. We talked about this off air, actually. Landon Collins, Washington Commander's star defensive player. Uh, formerly safety, now more of a hybrid position for the team last year. And an improved defense once he switched to said hybrid position last year. Because, God, that defense was scary at times. Well, it had some bite to it. That's what Ron Rivera is known for. Landon Collins is probably getting released. Hmm. I wonder if there's a secondary just up the road that could use him. I mean, strokes beard contemplatively. I mean, you could always use the help. He's used to the weather, would reunite with someone. I'm just saying, it wouldn't be the worst idea for Landon Collins. Not to mention, he used to play for a New York team. But this one's actually in New York as opposed to the Giants who play in Jersey. Not to mention, it's a better shade of blue. It is a very nice shade of blue. I mean, I don't know if you noticed or not. I am wearing my one not done shirt after all. All right, let me tilt that back up there. Um, other NFL free agent knows. Um, so you're familiar with your 90s, your 90s R&B. Oh, yeah. I've got a few of the classics, or what I consider to be classics, on my Spotify list. Is one of them Return of the Mac? Oh, that's one of the first ones I made sure to add. Well, according to Chicago, it is now Exodus of the Mac. Well, Exodus of the Mac, but return of the Mac to the AFC West. Uh, uh, 
you're not wrong. It yeah. uh, it, it do be facts, though. Exactly. I ain't flying. Although, granted, instead of Vegas, it's a different sort of glitz and glamour, as he'll be joining the Los Angeles Chargers. What was it, like three draft picks, I think, that they got for him? Two, uh, yeah, three altogether. Uh, one of them being a third and another being a sixth. I forget what the other one was. I think the uh, I think the third one is like uh, what what you gonna call it? Um, compensatory. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, Khalil Mack is no longer in Chicago, and with that, the Bears' defense has just become irrelevant. I, I, I mean, ugh. imagine the kind of one-two punch you're gonna potentially have with him and Nick Bosa. Scary extremely wait even patrick mahomes is going to be running more for his life wait 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 quick question nick is in los angeles nick is in frisco joey's in la yes okay i always get the two bosa brothers confused Hmm. um there is talk however going back to my team that the bills might be reaching out to the steelers well, I don't know if you're aware of this. There's a certain linebacker in Buffalo who has the last name Edmonds. Oh, boy. And he has a brother that plays for Pittsburgh, a twin brother at that, might I add. So basically, Buffalo's trying to do with the Edmonds brothers what Pittsburgh should have done with the Watts? With the family Watt? Yes, pretty much, more or less. <laughs> the talk is that Buffalo is going to reach out to Pittsburgh about the abil- availability of Tremaine Edmonds in order to reunite him with his twin brother in Buffalo's starting defense. See, why can't I have a team who's in such a great position actually make solid moves? Yes, we gave Cam Robinson the franchise tag, but all of this money and who's actually going to want to play here? That's the question. Why can't you have a team that does this? I have two simple words to answer that question. Mark Lamping? There you go. Long-time listeners of the kickoff already knew that answer. Any other major breaking stories for NFL free agency we need to touch on? Oh, that's pretty much it. Although now I'm going to be dreaming of blue and white Mazda Miatas all over again. At least that's one team that we can still beat twice a year. Oh, uh, you're referring to Trubisky possibly becoming a Colt. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Took me a second, but I got there. Actually, not a free agent story, but... One other big news bite that happened in the NFL world. There are five different players. They all have one thing in common. Alex Karras, Paul Horning, Art Schleister, Josh Shaw, and Calvin Ridley. Oh, I know the answer to this question. Pick me, teacher. I'm ever so smart. Harry? Who are players that have been suspended by the NFL for gambling? For one year. And in Calvin Ridley's case, first of all, first of all, first of all, <laughs> if you're going to bet. <laughs> yes, this particular this particular ver- segment of the Broadhurst Walk and Sports <laughs> Report brought to you by Bet on Bovada. 
Bovada, uh, what is it? Bovada.lv, I think, is the official website. Yep, Bovada.lv. It's March Madness. They got specials, especially if you're with crypto. You want to go ahead and load up your account with Bitcoin. Don't have to worry about payouts. You get great deals. A wonderful rewards program. Bet on Bovada. Always obey your local, state, and laws. 21 means 21. God damn it. But that applies to people like us. People who are not NFL players. And I understand, you know, we all have our days. We all take our mental health breaks. We get our minds right. Happens to everybody, especially the last couple of years. And if a few of us, namely myself, had $1,500 to bet on multiple leg parlays of NFL games, I would be inclined to do so if I were a man of that means. I just know it's not going to cost me my job and millions of dollars on top of that. Uh, um, real quick, let's let's play the home game. You ready? <laughs> Where did Calvin Ridley go to college? Oh, jeez. He went to Alabama? Run, Forrest, run! Well, uh, I mean... Okay, so the good news is, let's at least give him some credit. He did bet on the Falcons to win. He did. However, if we've learned nothing since Pete Rose, when you are a professional athlete, gambling while you're still playing is a gigantic fucking no-no. Especially when you're betting on your own team. Now, to be fair, yes, they did a thorough investigation. No he results. Cooperated. No results were comp no results were compromised. No no games outcomes were changed. Exactly. But even still, why take that risk? Why? And he will be available. Now, and this is the rub. It's a minimum of one year. He has to wait to apply for reinstatement February 15, 2023. That could be a whole other crapshoot. Okay, so I do have one slight problem with this. And forgive the way that I phrase this. Ray, Ray Rice beats the fuck out of his girlfriend and gets six games. Yeah. And it, it took a while for it to even be six games. Hence the Ray Rice rule. Calvin Ridley bets on a football game when he's not playing and gets a year. We want Paul. We want Paul. We Int want Paul. Now, I do give credit under Tagliabue and even under Pete Rozelle when those first uh, two with Karrison Horning, when those suspensions happened in 1963. It's been a league standard. You bet on games while you're playing, you get a year. I have no problem with that under that specific level of consistency. However... You just had everything laid out. You're supposed to have a zero tolerance for personal conduct and domestic abuse, and you're getting what amounts to only about now a third of that? Time to update some rules, Roger. Have a powwow in your New York offices. Or, more to the point, don't be a bitch and stand up for these women that all these guys are hitting. 
I mean, it's a kind of bad timing that this came out right around International Women's Day. Did you know that today is International Mario Day? Yeah, March 10th. M-A-R-1-0, Mario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All I'm saying is I got a pleasant surprise in the Discord server, which I'm in, of Cosplay Deviants. And speaking of Discord, I highly encourage you to join our Discord server. Link in the description. Disappointment for you if you're expecting Cosplay Deviants, however. Not going to eh. happen. Not publicly in the server, but we'll talk go, about we'll talk about that at the end of the show. I already knew where you were going with that. <laughs> nope, save the plugs for the end of the show. Oh, fine if you insist. All right. Um, speaking of people doing things they shouldn't have, segue. <laughs> so, is it that time to, to, to unveil uh, our? Uh, it well, is not. It is not that time. Somebody's forgetting the Britney Griner story. Well, that's because everything was shifted in the order that we had for the last minute. Pardon me. Well, that's now, because that we figured this would segue better for our sport of the week. That's why we moved her to last. True, true. And we did discuss that. Not, But this isn't just a matter of doing something that you shouldn't have. Doing something that you shouldn't have at the worst possible time. So here's the rub. Brittany Griner, star center for the Phoenix Mercury, just won another gold medal for the U.S. in Tokyo last year. One of four women to dunk in an NBA game, I believe? Yes. I mean, you saw her powerhouse prowess going back to her college days at Baylor. Well... As as often as WNBA players do, they play overseas to go ahead and make ends meet during the offseason. For the past several years, Brittany Griner has been playing in Russia for Russian basketball team Ekaterinburg. Note the raised eyebrow. Yeah, it's actually a big thing, even going way back to Becky Hammond when she had a Russian passport. Not sure if she still does, but that was a thing from her time playing overseas. Well, if you haven't been living under a rock, you know about what Russia and the rest of the world thinks that them are dealing with right now. There's a little extra wrinkle to this. We'll put it this way. Without getting too political, there is some major negative squirrel action going on over in Eastern Europe right now. Exactly. Now, for someone like me, if I were to go to Russia, not now, but in different times, there are certain things that I would enjoy, more so than here in the States. Some things I may have mentioned on a previous episode of Point of Viewer that's in the archives and that is age-restricted on YouTube, 18 and older for good damn reason. Kids, ask your parents' permission before listening. Ah, mm, mm, mm. Ask your parents' permission, but don't ask them too much else for their benefit. Viewer discretion is heavily advised. (laughs) He would know. Exactly. It's my show. (laughs) Now, there's some things that I do happen to enjoy and partake in that I know... I can't enjoy over in Russia. A certain plant. 
that comes in a variety of ways. That, as Cat Williams said, if you just so happen to set it on fire, there are some effects. Russian laws about this are very stringent. If you're caught with six grams, it's a very considerable fine or two weeks stay in the gulag. Anything more than that, which six grams is not a whole lot, anything more than that, your stay is considerably longer. Well, as Brittany was trying to leave, as all players were advised to leave because of the situation, she was going through the airport. Lo and behold, she was found with hashish oil. A considerable amount of hashish oil. Now, on the surface, you think, yeah, you don't want to go packing that kind of stuff in a country like Russia, knowing their laws. But what if I were to tell you that there's been some very, very weird wrinkles to this story just in the past couple of days? I would say to that, da, da, da. Very questionable dramatic reverb. Uh, apparently. Number one, the timing. We're hearing about this now. But Brittany Griner was initially detained three weeks ago. None of this coming out publicly until now. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That was before said invasion of the Ukraine. Absolutely correct. Question marks. Plus. American hostage at this point. Uh, not so fast, my friend. As Lee Corso would say. I do miss me some Lee Corso. He is one of my favorite parts of game day. <laughs> it's one thing if you're sitting in a Russian jail. It's another thing if your wife, who was supposed to pick you up at the airport when you got back stateside, knew about all of this, yet didn't say anything until the news came more public. And you're not even being officially detained in a Russian jail, but are being put up in a nice swanky hotel. And from some reports, being allowed to practice with your team. Now, we know Russia. We know Russian sports. They will do anything to win by any level of various means. Are you saying, okay, well, let me try to see where if I can see where your mind is going with this. Mm -hmm. Are you implying attempted defection? Not so much attempted defection in a traditional sense. More like Russia's thinking, one more opportunity for a gold medal themselves, plus one fewer opportunity for a gold medal for the United States. Weirder things have happened. This is just a hypothetical, but knowing someone like Russia, it's worth thinking about. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's better than them using drugs to chemically enhance their performances. <laughs> Sink your skaters. I, I I mean, granted. 
It's a mighty weird story how at 15 years old you can confuse your grandfather's heart medication for something else. That doesn't lead to any questions whatsoever. But naturally the powers that be in our government with Anthony Blinken and the WNBA and everybody else are trying to figure out the best possible solution to get her home safe and sound as soon as possible. Needless to say, definitely stay tuned and there is going to be at least another significant level of intrigue with not just what's been reported, especially with the amount of hashish oil and some other questionable things that are starting to come out, but with any other theories that could be floating around as well. So in other words, even though it's March, to quote a certain person's favorite Halloween movie, the shenanigans are running amok, amok, amok. Call it a squid spiracy, if you will. But it's I feel like, worth exploring. I feel like that needs its own little banner for future episodes. I could have sworn I had it, but I'll get it back. Regardless. All right, so that wraps us up for our conversations of a sports nature, a current sports nature, for this week's episode there. We had the Major League Baseball strike ending. Um, I have to do this out of respect because we didn't get to hear his voice nearly enough this season. It's awesome, baby. We're going dancing. <laughs> ah, Dickie V. Love get you, well, big guy. Get well soon, you PTPer. <laughs> Our March Madness, uh, who's in already and who might be getting in. We were going to do some predictions for the big conference tournaments, but I think with us already running at an hour and 13 and still having our sport of the week as well as our DOTW, we're probably going to curtail that. We'll do a more in-depth discussion at day one of the tournament um, next Thursday night. If I'll remember much of that day, fingers crossed. Okay, so maybe we go on Friday instead and we talk about the first round in its entirety. Actually, you know what we might have to do? We might have to go on Wednesday next week so that way we can do a uh that way we can do a uh, a, a bracket preview. I could be good with that. Maybe go on Wednesday instead so that way we can make our tournament predictions. I'd be good with that. Besides, go from one bracket where I'm going to absolutely want to punch people to another bracket where I'm going to probably want to punch fewer people. Anybody who gets in Jim Laranega and the Miami Hurricanes way. <laughs> Rock Chalk Jayhawk, baby! I, I swear, if anything, this could be it. We're prime, we're healthy, we're set up. For the love of God, don't prove me wrong. Anyway, right. I digress. So the Major League Baseball strike. The madness is upon us. Um, brawls in basketball and soccer. Again, everybody, D-B-A-D. It's not that hard of a concept. It's NFL just the game. Just the game. <laughs> not to everyone. <laughs> NFL free agency and the WNBA's Brittany Griner. We hit quite the eclectic group of stories this week. It's been a good week in the sports news world. It has. It's now time to kick it old school. Well, old-ish school. I was a teenager when this happened. That's old enough. Ditto. Gray hairs to prove it. Um, you can see mine on full display while we're recording this <laughs> podcast on video. We'll do the plugs a little bit later on here. 
Although you are listening to the Broadhurst Walk and Sports Report, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. I am Harry Broadhurst. He is Eric Watkins. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your support. We'll tell you where you can find us in all of your favorite podcast services a little bit later on in the show. Chill. Sure. Uh-huh. All right. Um, sport of the week. So this topic just randomly came up last week, and I was reminded about how much I enjoyed this watching it on YouTube and priorly on Spike TV back when that was originally a thing. So here's what you're going to imagine. You ready? Imagine mm-hmm. a world where you can hit people pretty much as much as you want to while they're on the ground mm-hmm. while dribbling a basketball. Imagine a world where dunks are worth three points and jumpers are worth two. Imagine a world where there are little trampolines inserted into the court to allow for the most posterizational dunks of all time. You have just envisioned the magical world of slam ball. Mr. Watkins... If you would be so kind, can we pull a YouTube clip to show people what this sport actually consists of? If you will give me one moment, yes, I will, I dis- will be glad I- to. I will discuss why you search for said clip. I probably should have asked you this before we went on air. That's my bad. Anyways, so slam ball was basically four-on-four basketball on trampolines. There were There was a stopper two wing players, and what more or less amounted to a center. The stopper was the guy who mainly played defense. He would eventually come up into the offensive zone, but his main goal was to stay towards the your own basket and hit the trampoline as other people were trying to score on your end. The wing players were your ball handlers, and then you had your main offensive player as well. Yeah, there were your mul- handler, which was basically your point guard. Mm-hmm. There were, I believe, eight teams originally six and in the second season it expanded to eight yes and are we counting the chinese version of this as well because technically speaking it was revived in china back in the uh, early 2010s we can we definitely can they did do it justice so it's basically basketball with trampolines built into the court where dunks were worth three points, but regular shots were only worth two. It was a league that was intended to aim towards the ADD society of the times where you wanted up and down the courts. You wanted big hits. You wanted big movements. You wanted flashy dunks. You wanted fancy passes. You wanted all the alley-oops your little heart could desire. You watched slam ball. Are we ready over there, Mr. Watkins? Yep. Let me just add this to the screen. And I got a special highlight of some of the top plays. Works for me. We introduce you all to Slam Ball, available on YouTube, because honestly, nobody owns the copyright at this point. The sport's been dead for a decade. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Ain't nobody got time for that. Oh, Inches. Dunkage. Did he just go behind the back and then through the legs? Yes, he did. Oh, 
That's your trampoline physics for you in action. Uh-oh. Dunk contest. Front flip. That is some NBA halftime shit right there, Eric. I know. But seriously, somebody needs to bring this back. Shout out Waffle, his house. Oh, there's one right up the street from here. I can't say much because I'm going to get hungry. <laughs> Legit front flip dunk here. Front flip with the windmill, too, at that. You've got to time that perfectly. To just oh, did he go between it. the legs, too? He did. There's a nickname for you, the Da Vinci of Dunks. Okay, timeout, 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 timeout. Let's be real. How many people in Slambo's target audience are going to get that reference? Okay, technically me at that time. I mean, same. I knew who Leonardo Da Vinci was. But, but if still, you're going overall, yeah, very general. Very let's let's just call this a case of know your audience, shall we? Carry on. Yeah, because again, how many you know teenagers or college kids are going to pay attention like that in class? I think the front flip was more impressive, though. It was because you had to go between the legs. Oh, get that out of here. Weak sauce. Weaker sauce. You notice the full contact nature of the game right here. As, yeah. long, as, you, as long as you were not on a trampoline, you are fair game. Except being... Sh sh well, that was not a dunk. But that was so impressive. And that was the rule for season one. Right around the trampolines was a three-point line. You couldn't shoot from the middle part of the floor, which was the island, but you could shoot from there. Actually, I think what it what it ended up becoming, he just alley-ooped it to himself. All right. Um, the rule towards this, the, the one that I watched, pause for real quick. The episode that I watched in order to reacquaint myself. No, you can leave the YouTube video up. It's fine. The episode that I watched uh, in order to reacquaint myself with the game, the rule was is that um, regular shots became worth three points within the last three minutes of the fourth quarter. Two minutes. Last two minutes of the fourth quarter? Yep. So it, it didn't matter if you dunk it or shot it. As long as it went in, it was worth three points. Correct. They changed that rule for season two along with the expansion. What up, Fonty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's, it's a hair bear stare. <laughs> Look, if he doesn't do anything with the XFL, I think maybe a Thursday night gimmick with the Titan Games and Slam Ball on NBC and Peacock. Uh, maybe The Rock will buy the league and bring it back. L-M-M-F-A-O. Uh, Fonty, mm. uh, uh, I think we'd have to talk to Danny Garcia about that more so than Dwayne, but yes. We can make that. We could probably make that happen. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure we could. Like I said, I would, NBC, Danny Garcia, 
Rock himself. If y'all run with that idea, all I ask is that I just be one of your announcers. I'm good with that. Nostalgia's big right now, man. I feel like this would pop a rating. It really would. It really would. Okay, back to the clips. You notice the defender there just kind of shied off to the side, like, I ain't in your poster, some bitch. <laughs> okay, you remember the physical nature that we just talked about? I rest my case there. Now, oh, oh, yeah. It's good! Got it off before the buzzer. <laughs> kind of like the Miami guard in overtime today. Relevant. <laughs> Very. And a sigh of relief as well. Okay. That's that's a wrap. Like I was just saying, though, as, as I kind of pointed out, there are a ton of old games available on Slamball TV, which is officially licensed, so I'm not sending you to some foreign site there. The Slamball TV page on YouTube is their officially licensed page. Full games, highlights, clips, and everything can be found there. If you go searching, I won't tell you where to find them on YouTube, but if you go searching, you can find the original run of the show from Spike TV as well, which is kind of the full extended versions of the edited down games that you get on the Slamball TV web on the Slamball TV page. Both, oh, yeah. se both seasons one and two are available on Slamball TV. And I'm telling you, like me and like me and Eric were just talking about, nostalgia is a big thing right now. And something like this, if you're looking to appeal to a more urban demographic, specifically people that watch the NBA, as well as uh, the people that watch the NBA and professional football because of the mix, the mixed nature of it, I feel like this could definitely appeal to a current generation in, up, upon bringing it back. Yeah, I mean, with the likes of uh, the A7FL, which is no pads, no helmets, full contact football, and even, like, if you're on Snapchat, you've got Fightball, one-on-one intensity. You've got, I even saw on TV, like, a celebrity league that's like a three-on-three. -three. I'm telling you, this would work. Nowadays, this would really work. <laughs> Fonte saying, how about them Hoosiers from being down 17? We talked NCAA a little bit earlier. I talked about Kansas crushing West Virginia. Eric mentioned Miami taking out Boston College in order to advance to play Duke. Fonte is referring to Indiana coming back to beat Michigan in the Big Ten tournament first round today. The number nine, the number nine Hoosiers knocking out the number eight Wolverines. Michigan advances, or excuse me, Indiana advances to play Purdue, I think. Or is it whiskey? I th I'd have to look that up. I'd have to look that up. All right. Well, while Eric does that, I think I, I, I think we need you to reveal something else here, Mr. Watkins. Oh, am I am I changing the banner? Am I changing the banner? You're not changing the banner. Because you're telling us what your pick for next week's sport of the week will be. Oh, I hope. I absolutely 
as a video was playing in my ears unexpectedly. I absolutely hope I get to stay up to see this game. I'm going to be mad because this game should not be happening right now, but so be it. It is the opener of the 2022 Australian Football League season. A grand final rematch, the Melbourne Demons against my Western Bulldogs. And in honor of that, we're going to be talking all things AFL footy as our Sport of the Week next week here on the show. AFL footy more commonly known in the States as Aussie Rules. And, oh, oh no, we were... We were both wrong. Indiana will play Illinois in the, the quarterfinals. The Illini won the regular season title? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That must mean Purdue 2, Whiskey 3. Other way around. Whiskey 2, Purdue 3. Well, wasn't Purdue up to, like, number 4 in the country at one point a couple of weeks ago? Number 1 in the country as well earlier in the season. Yeah, like, and I, I want to say that's the first time they were ever number one in the polls, too. They were. Yeah, it was. turns out it was Illinois. Who would have thought? <laughs> well, there you go. Turns out we were both wrong. All right, so, yes, next week's Sport of the Week, we cover Aussie rules. Mr. Watkins, I have a question for you. Yes, I see that what, look. What time does that game happen? I'm going to look that up with conversions because – Australia is weird right now. Do you know that if you go to one of the different Australian states, it could be one of five different times of day? Do they do that half-hour gimmick down there? Um, Not only the half-hour gimmick, but also half of the country observes daylight savings and the other half doesn't? Oh, what the hell? It's, it's like Arizona that does that shit, too. Yeah, so, like I said, five different times. But Eastern time, 4.10 in the morning. All right, I'm going to definitely, if they air that on uh, FS1 or FS2, I'm going to have that recorded. Um, Let me see what I can find. Maybe, maybe the two of us could get together and put together an alternate commentary track for that. If they'll okay. have it available, I'll be up for it. I mean, I would imagine, if worst case scenario, it would probably be on the Fox Sports app at the very least. Yeah, Could if they carry something like that, if, like I say, if they air it, then they'll definitely have it on the app. They have a good relationship with the Fox broadcast partners in Australia. So if there it airs on Channel 7 in Australia, though, problem. Potential? for alternate commentary on the Aussie Rules season opener, but definite conversation about Aussie Rules next week in your Sport of the Week. Normally, we would give you a show rundown for the week. We're not going to do that next week. With what kicks off the very next day, next week's episode of the Broadhurst Walking Sports Report will focus solely, except for our Sport of the Week, on the 2022 Men's NCAA basketball tournament we'll probably talk about the nit too because that's where the gators are going to end up landing at least you might still get a top seed in the nit we might even get to host a sub bracket mm-hmm. that'd be helpful we shall see what happens 
The rowdy reptiles will be up for it. You have been listening to the Broadhurst Watkins Sports Report, Sports in Black and White, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox, Google Pods, Apple Pods, Overcast, Rate and review us five stars on Spotify and make sure you guys check out the link to the W2M Discord server available in the show description. If you prefer your podcast in a visual format, you can find us online on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube by searching for either W2M Net or W2M Network. It is network on YouTube. It is network on Facebook and Twitter, W2M Net on Twitch. Okay, so Twitch is the only one that's different. Mm-hmm. All the rest of them are network. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's good to know that because that'll help me remember that in the future. Um, Banner! <laughs> Who's your dick of the week, Eric? Oh. In particular, now, I said this about Mark Lamping, Dick of the Week in perpetuity, but this week in particular, we have $60 million in cap space. We gave our franchise tag. We planned and then scrapped, redoing the front office. Sweet Lord, we cannot fuck the next month up. I am still worried, however. With a secondary dick of the week to Rob Manfred. I'm sorry. Even your expansion to 32 teams, and if my Rays move to Montreal and they become the Expos again, you're not saving yourself. 99 days. So... In totality, Rob Manfred, the owners, and the MLBPA. You're all a bunch of dicks for trying to take baseball away from us this year. We're glad that you got your collective heads out of your collective bargaining asses. So that way we could have an actual season. Because if you would have done to this game what your predecessors did back in 1994, 1995 there wouldn't have been a fan base to come back to. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Not only is the USFL happening, but if you watch the last season of Brockmire, cricket ain't half bad, and it's going to encroach. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, you saved yourselves. For now, at least. The operative two words in that sentence, for now. America's pastime is still that to a lot of people. Don't take it away from us. Where can people find you online, Eric? You can find me when I'm not on the various shows on the network, which we're actually getting a good schedule for. League to the Max or whatever. Finally. (laughs) BWSR, Soccer to the Max, Life is Like a Game Show, Point of Viewer. You can find me on Twitter at Squid Sportshead. 
live tweeting in some form shall recommence. I promise you that. You can also find me on Facebook if you're looking for other needs. Guy, wine, recliner, Eric Watkins. You know what to do from there. If you so happen to slide into my DMs on Twitter, undergo a very strict and thorough vetting process. Dark Twitter, Kick, Telegram, Snapchat, Dark Reddit, different things on Discord. It's a cornucopia. I say no more. I say two words. Cosplay? Never mind. <laughs> Rewind your broadcast for the finish to that sentence. At H-E-B the Eagle, pretty much everywhere you can find me on social media. Online, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Yahoo. Although, remember, folks, hate mail to s.garmer at gmail.com. Nothing changes in that regard. Uh, voice of Reason, allegedly, on Life is Like a Game Show. Occasional disembodied voice when there isn't an AEW pay-per-view on Point of Viewer. We start the greatest sports movie of all time bracket this Sunday on Point of Viewer. Randy, don't be a dick. <laughs> um. Okay, let me let me rephrase that. Randy, don't be too big of a dick. <laughs> I mean, given to what he's already alluded to, yeah, maybe a little late for that. I, I, I to say, if you've seen the past few episodes, those white clouds are not entirely mysterious. He he has shown an aptitude for dickishness. And you can listen to Randy and Robert on the R and R Sports Report, usually on Tuesdays, sometimes Mondays, sometimes Wednesdays. Their schedule's been kind of fluxing in the off season due to sports schedules and the whatnot. You can definitely find them at R and R Sports Report on Facebook. It is where we blatantly ripped off the name. I'm not going to lie. At least we were nice about it. We did learn from the best. Imitation. Yeah, I said it, Randy. <laughs> Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery? If it makes you go easy on us? You have been listening to the BWSR, the Broadhurst Walking Sports Report, Episode 2, a presentation of the W2M Network. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching, everybody. Tournament time, baby! Get well, Dickie Woo! V! Yeah, baby! Bye, everyone.